Welcome y bienvenidos to the Bridge Covenant Church Podcast. Whether you weren't able to join us on Sunday or just thought the message was so nice you listened to it twice, we pray these words will encourage you in your walk with Jesus. For more information about today's sermon or to learn more about Bridge, please visit us at bridgecovenant.org. This morning we are going to uh, continue in our series of Both is True, and we're going to talk about two really exciting words, authority and submission. Woo-hoo! So I hope I didn't say those words and we have two people leaving. They're not really leaving. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, When I slowed down this week, an interesting thing happened. Um, It seemed to me like the idea of being uncomfortable kind of came at me from all sides. I was... um, reading a book, and a chapter in the book I'm reading was entitled, Get Comfortable with Being Uncomfortable. All right, Get Comfortable with Being Uncomfortable. Um, A podcast I was listening to seemed to focus on our inability to be uncomfortable um, and to not like to be, uh, our inability to to, to focus on our discomfort. And so the talk, and that reminded me that what we're talking about this morning seems to actually cause discomfort. It makes people feel uncomfortable to talk about authority and submission. Well, how do I know? Well, I myself um, seem to feel some discomfort when I talk about these two words. And when we started our series, we had all of the things that we're going to talk about, the both and are true. We had a variety of pages uh, up here, and we had sin and sinner and pride and humility, grace and law. And we asked you to go around and talk about or put a star. We We didn't really give you strict instructions, but that was on purpose, but we ask you to place the star um, in relation to submission and authority to God, yourself, and to others, and I'm going to tell you that this was on that wall back there, and, and people didn't really go there first. In fact, it took a while for people to actually want to go there. In fact, I had someone who told me, I'm not going there. I'm not even going to go there because, I, oh, she's going to wave her hand. I didn't know she was going to confess, but there she is. Denise told me, I'm not even going there. I'm not even going to go to that page and think about that. So, But this morning, we're going to continue living into the reality that biblical truth brings tension. Amen? And we're going to focus on authority and submission. And I'm going to suggest this morning that if we're okay with being uncomfortable, the Holy Spirit has space to teach, to lead, to challenge, and to heal. Let me say that one more time. If we're okay with being uncomfortable, the Holy Spirit has space to teach, to lead, to challenge, to comfort, and to heal. So you join me in prayer this morning. Lord, we thank you for um, being here this morning. We thank you for another day of breath, another day of life, another day, Jesus, to be with your people and to participate with your people this morning. Lord, would your spirit um, be with us as we learn together. May your spirit guide us. May your spirit calm any nerves we might have as we gather to do theology together this morning. We thank you for your great love for us and your call to love one another. Amen. Uh, well, this morning is our participatory Sunday. All of you that are here know what that means, so I don't do the drill of why we do it. You know why we do it, because we believe that we live out our faith in these three ways, in, in the big church, in small groups, and in individual, and that we do theology every day, whether we realize it or not, What? right? So all of these little decisions that we make daily actually help us practice our theology. It's the daily little decisions that develop us. It's not the big decisions. Well, it is the big decisions too, but those aren't the only things that actually disciple us and develop us as Christ followers. So we're going to start with authority and submission. We need to ask the question, what is authority? 
and what is submission. And so I believe that it's important to start with a good definition. So I'm going to, around the room are uh, these little pages up here and also in your guide. Um, it says, there's, this is a large group activity, what is authority and what is submission? Let's start with a good definition of both. In less than 20 words each, write a definition of authority and a definition of submission to share with the larger group. Just we're just we're just going for it this morning. Starting easy, <laughs> right? So uh, break up into smaller groups. We probably won't use all the papers because we're a smaller group this morning. But uh, go to a paper in the back, and there's pens on that back table right there. And doesn't have to be perfect. We are just starting to unpack it, right? We're just starting to actually because if we're going to talk about authority and submission, it might be good that we have an idea about what we think when we think about of authority and submis submission, which all of you have brought to the surface. Authority is not obliterated in Christianity. Jesus calls the 12, and the church calls elders and de deacons to be in, in, in authority and to be leaders. But there's a critical difference um, in authority as followers of Jesus, and that is one thing that came up over here, which is the reality of who possesses authority. As followers of Jesus, we, per we partake and we participate in the authority of God, but we never possess it. God is the one who possesses authority, and our choice is to partake in his authority with him or to hijack it. The authority of Jesus is shown through his teaching, and he gives similar authority to his disciples to continue his ministry. As followers of Jesus, we are called to a completely different concept of authority, an authority that is based in the life and teaching of Jesus, an authority which conform by this world but is transformed and conformed to Jesus the authority of Christians is for others and not an authority over others let me say that again the authority of Christians is for others and not an authority over others it's an authority which doesn't lead to denigration of others meaning it doesn't slander it doesn't vilify it doesn't put down it doesn't ridicule others Quite to the contrary, sometimes it actually leads to the denigration of the one who is leading, the one who has authority. Let's take a look at Paul's words to the people in the church of Corinth. 1 Corinthians. Oh, did I give you that definition? Oh, go back to that. Sorry, I just took off to the definition. Came back to the so this is actually, you know, we have to give our, uh, our hats off to Klein because we're, we're reading this book and following his lead. And his definition of this, when we speak of authority, we're referring to the communication of power to achieve a particular belief or action by others. When we speak of authority, we are referring to the communication of power to achieve a particular belief or action by others. And I was supposed to say that before I went into the fact that, but as followers of Christ, we are called to a different type of authority and submission. All right, sorry about that. Let's go on to uh, what Paul says it, uh, it looks like for leaders. Um, for it seems to me that God has put us apostles, and he's talking about, about apostles here, on display at the end of the procession, like those condemned to die in the arena. We have been made a spectacle to the whole universe, to angels as well as to human beings. We are fools for Christ, but you are so wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are honored, we are dishonored. To this very hour, we go hungry and thirsty. We are in rags. We are brutally treated. We are homeless. We work hard with our own hands. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. We have become the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world, right up to this moment. 
Paul and the apostles were uncomfortable, so the Holy Spirit had space to teach, to lead, to challenge, to comfort, to heal. Paul and the apostles were uncomfortable, so the Holy Spirit had space to teach, to lead, to challenge, to comfort, to heal. If we are, as followers of Jesus, to partake and participate in the authority of God, then we must understand that authority is not, as Klein says, a prize to be clutched or even sought after. For Jesus calls us to follow him and conform our lives to his. He calls us to be uncomfortable so that the Holy Spirit has space to teach, to lead, to challenge, to comfort, and to heal. Instead of striving for status or position or power and comfort, Jesus calls us to self-giving love. We see this in no other place more powerful than in Philippians 2. It says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of Jesus Christ, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. <coughs> when we practice this type of authority, one that is for others and not over others, there is no need to be defensive. When we practice this type of authority, one that is for others and not over others, we are quick to listen. When we practice this type of authority, which is for others and not over others, we're quick to realize that authority itself is a gift from God. You know, and the, the tension really in this, in this verse, right, is that, that God's love actually leads to, to death. <laughs> he actually submits to the will of the Father and to death. That's kind of the tension there. So let's move on to submission. Now, obviously, this is Participatory Sunday, so we're not taking a deep dive on things, right? We're just kind of skimming the surface on things. So let's move on to submission. For we cannot have authority without a corresponding submission. Maybe the word brings even more discomfort than authority. Does submission bring more discomfort than authority? It does for me. <laughs> if, however, we understand submission in the context of the gospel, which what is the gospel? What does that mean, the gospel? The gospel is good news. Let's remember that. In the context of the good news, I believe we find something much better than what the world has given us or what maybe we've experienced in the world with submission. So I think I talked a little bit about that. I, we actually used Ephesians 5 in our wedding and that that's the mutual submission. That's about husbands, wives submit to your husbands, right? That starts in 522. And I think people were really surprised that we used that verse because they didn't think that would be a verse that I would submit to. Right? Carmen doesn't submit to anybody. That's awful if people actually think that. But anyway, I hopefully I've grown in the last 12 years. Um, but we use that text because it talks about mutual submission. The Bible asks us to submit to one another out of Christ, in, for Christ in love. So let's go to Ephesians 5.21, which starts this whole section of submission. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So we are not submitting, uh, the wife is not just submitting to the husband. The husband is also submitting to the wife. And it's not just about marriage. It's about being part of the kingdom of God. It's about being a Christ follower. As Christ followers, we are called to submit to one another in mutual submission. So let's talk about submission, as Klein says. This is Klein's definition of submission. Submission by 
Christians means the voluntary surrender of one's rights or will in response to the purposes and actions of God. Submission by Christians means the voluntary surrender of one's rights or will in response to the purposes and actions of God. Now, let me say what it's not. It's not obedience. (laughs) It's not doing someone else's will. And it's not weakness. It's not obedience. It's not doing someone else's will. And it's not weakness. It's done in humility and a willingness to give ourselves in love to others. Submission to each other is another way of identifying with the death of Christ. Thus, just as authority does not elevate, submission does not lower. Just as authority does not elevate us over someone, submission does not lower us under the person, over s- under someone else. So let me end with two important things before we break into small groups and um, have further discussion and learning with each other. Submission does not mean that every request has to be honored. Submission does not mean that every request has to be honored. Submission does not mean that wrong should be tolerated or ignored. Jesus did not tolerate wrongdoing, nor did he shrink and respond to every request. But yet, here's the tension. He was willing to submit to death on a cross. So, Jesus was, to say the least, I believe, uncomfortable. (laughs) So the Holy Spirit could be released to teach, to lead, to challenge, to comfort, and to heal. So I want you to to break up into small groups, two or three or four people, and I want you to continue to uh, dialogue about these two words, and the questions are in your guide, and they'll be up here on the screen. What are your initial reactions to these two words? If possible, share briefly why you feel or react to authority and submission as you do. We're going to take a dive that should be deep, but is actually going to be shallow because of time, into Ephesians 5. And we don't have a long time to spend here, but we're going to use Ephesians 5 because uh, it actually uh, highlights this both are true that we're trying to talk about. It, it gives us both, uh, it gives us two options, and we're, we're left thinking, well, which one is, which one should we follow? So that's why we're going to use Ephesians 5. I understand that there are, uh, and we're going to look at husbands and wives, and I understand that there are a variety of contexts in which we could talk about authority and submission, and hopefully we will in the future, continue to talk about different areas of authority and submission. So uh, we're going to take what I said should be a deep dive into mutual submission by looking at Ephesians 5. It is a text which highlights the biblical tension that we're addressing. But before we go here, I'm going to give you a little bit of background that I think is important for looking at Ephesians 5. And I'm going to say that the early church was okay with being uncomfortable. In fact, I, I think that it actually, if we, if we knew the context in which this was uh, read or written, it might reveal that the the early church was not just comfortable with being uncomfortable, they were comfortable with being radically uncomfortable. (laughs) They were radically uncomfortable. So let's talk about the reality of women during the time of Jesus's ministry. Women were dominated by men in every respect. Women were dominated by men in every respect. They had no power. They were denied the privileges of education. They had no access. They could not vote or act as a witness in a court of law. They had no voice. They were often treated as sexual objects. They had no protection. They were under the authority of their fathers, their husbands, their sons, or some other male relative. They had no freedom. Their religious beliefs were determined by their husbands, and they had no choice. 
But when we see Jesus interacting with women, it is completely countercultural. The early church gave women freedom that is hard for us to comprehend and appreciate. We're further down the road, and so we think it's not enough. And what we fail to understand is how much it is. Ephesians 5 is written to explain how household relationships were to be lived out in this new faith, in this new, uh, in this new context. You know, Christianity was actually accused of destroying the family because it encouraged women not to take the religion of their husbands, that they could be Christians even if their husbands were not Christians. So hold that when we're talking about this text. In regards to husband and a wife, we can't start, you can put the text up, yeah. Uh, let's just read through it. Uh, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. In this way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they fed and cared for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So in regards to husband and wife, we can't start in verse 22, where it actually says, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. But we must start in verse 21, which says what? Submit to one another out of reverence of Christ. Everyone is called to mutual submission. And it's understood as a specific example that, that is not just for wives, but it's an, it's, it's an example that spreads to all of us who are Jesus followers. And I think if we give some attention to this, what we'll, know, what we'll note is that most of the attention is on the self-giving of husbands and not on the submission of wives. So two different models seem to be suggested here. One of the models is a hierarchical model where the husband is the head of the wife. The husband is the head. The other one is an egalitarian model where equality is stressed. And we don't see that as much, I think. Uh, but there is the mutual submission at the beginning. And then the end talks about being what? Being one flesh. So it starts with equality and it ends with equality. But who, who has authority? I think this is key. We've already been talking about authority. Who has authority? Christ. So the real head of both the husband and the wife is, is Jesus, is Christ. So why, so why would they suggest that the husband is the head? So uh, scholars and Klein included um, would say that it's responsibility. That he has head over the wife because he has the responsibility to care for her and to make sure that she is not abused. In recognition that this is a sinful world in which women tend to be more vulnerable than men and are abused more frequently, the Bible model of authority is for service for and not over people service for and not over. The husband being the head in mutual submission does not result in a position of privilege or power, but a responsibility to love his wife as Christ loved the church. And how did Christ love the church? So, like I said, this is just a brief little unpacking, but because of time, we're not going to go any further. There's a lot there, I know, um, but we're not going to go any further. What I would like instead is uh, to go to the next slide. I'm going to give you a little bit of time to yourself. 
Um, oh, well, I'll read this verse. There will be a tendency for us to choose either authority or submission, to seek to be in control or to avoid responsibility. Neither option is acceptable. All of us are to practice mutual submission, and all of us are to exercise the authority of the gospel. So I'm going to let you have some time to yourselves. Um, and we're going to take a, a, just some time to, can you go to the next slide? I think the, there you go. Take some time to read the following quote and answer these two questions. Think of the person with whom you live, work, and worship, family members, people, and organizations, and churches, employers, and employees, and associates. Do you think of these people as over you or under you? Would it be different if mutual submission were practiced by all these people or if all authority were exercised as authority for others? That is what following Christ requires and what is expected of you. So here's the two questions. Is there a relationship in your life which needs mutual submission? And what's one step you could take in that direction? So I want to just say that I know this is a really big topic, and I know maybe it feels overwhelming, and I know we can say, but, 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 but he's not going to mutually, he, he doesn't practice mutual submission. That does not excuse me, really, right, for mutual submission. Under the things that we already said, the things that submission is not, right? Remember those things that it's not. does not mean that every request has to be honored. It does not mean that wrong should, or it should be tolerated or ignored. So, okay, I'm not, that's all I'm going to say. And I'm going to let you guys have a little bit of time just to think about this question and maybe something practical that you could take out of today for your life. All right. Well, I invite you also to continue to think about that question this week as you interact with people in your life. Um, you know, I, I will confess that my gut level to these two words has been hijacked um, by what I've experienced or seen in the culture. Instead of transformed and deconstructed by, uh, by Jesus being my Lord. And so I had a chance this week to go spend some time with a friend. She lives in Astoria, and as I was driving, I was by myself in the car, and it was a great time to pray and to think. And, and as I was praying, um, I felt like Jesus was asking, well, Jesus said to me, are you willing to submit? <laughs> are you willing, Carmen, to come under my authority in your life and submit? Are you really willing to say Jesus is Lord? Because I think there's something that we really don't understand. I think we have, an, we have the, the tendency to romanticize the early church. Acts 2 comes, they get the Holy Spirit, they come together, they sell their possessions, they live in, they live in la-la land. It's beautiful. And I would like to suggest that the early church was comfortable with being uncomfortable. <laughs> that it's an uncomfortableness that, we, that maybe we can't comprehend in our comfortable world and society in which we live. And it's an uncomfortableness that I believe the church needs to embrace. Amen? Um, for me, as a woman, I think about Jesus and the Samaritan woman. He goes across boundaries of, 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 of ethnicity, of gender, and what does he do? But he sends her out as the first missionary. He empowers her. I think about Jesus in the garden with Mary. And again, he crosses all of the boundaries. And what does he do with Mary? But he gives to Mary, a person who has no power, no access, no, a person who has really nothing in society. And what does he do? He gives her the greatest news of the gospel. She is the first one to go tell men that Christ has risen. 
Um, so will I submit to Jesus' authority and say, Jesus is Lord, and I want to say, amen, yes. And then I walk out the door and I live in this world. It's not easy. It's not easy. Christ doesn't call us to be comfortable. The, 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 our whole culture, uh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go where I wanted to go right there. Uh, everything around us asks us to be comfortable. And Jesus is challenging us to be uncomfortable so that the Holy Spirit has space to teach, to lead, to challenge, to comfort, and to heal. Will you join me in prayer? Lord, we thank you for your word to us. We thank you that you ask us to say Jesus is Lord, that your, uh, your authority is an authority that we don't understand because we don't experience it on a daily basis, but we move forward in faith, knowing that you've sacrificed yourself in love for us to give us life and to give us the ability to submit to you. So, Lord, would you help us with a difficult topic? Would, you, uh, would your Holy Spirit lead us to be okay with being uncomfortable? Would discomfort not be a dirty word in our, in our lives, in our church? Thank you, Lord, for your great love for us and your great love for your people and the things that you long to do through us. And all God's people said, amen. Thanks for joining us on the Bridge Covenant Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at bridgecovenant.org.